Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 61 of the Galen Trombley Show. I'm here bright and early with two returning guests. Um, your second time and your third time. I think so, yeah. Okay. It's Paul and Scott. <laughs> so go, you go listen to their other episode. Morning, morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. And welcome to the new, the new, uh, new, new office space, I guess, or the new podcast studio. It's nice. It's a beautiful view of the lake. Because so. you guys remember that I called, well, I called it like kind of like the dungeon, <clears throat> the cage, whatever. It was down below. It was, there's really no view. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of places to move around. It was pretty much you walked in, sat down, got up, and left. So <laughs> this one, you had to walk a little bit. You guys, I think, said uh, we're kind of lost. I said that's that's a good sign. It's yeah. getting bigger. So give give everybody an update. I guess what what your life's like right now. You first. Oh Jesus. Um, well, I was gonna say you're the one who got elected to office, not me. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About that. Ward Ward Four. Official. Official. Yep, I start. Uh, first I would have voted for you, but you know, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't in district, so I'll write it in. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first official meeting January second. So looking forward to it. That'll be good. Yeah. So Ward Four, that's like that that side, obviously where you live, right? Yes. Where the, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I never know where, which wards are which. So. Yeah, and I live like one block off. So. Yeah, pretty much. Ward yeah, Four pretty. still. Uh, we're no. in Ward One. Yes, I think so. Yeah. In the fourth ward. Right. Well, there you go. Classic. That, that's <laughs> Is why that the same one? That's why it's named that. But that's why you still have that district, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, for sure. This could be where the meetings are. Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Not much going yeah. on in my life. Quiet, dealing with kids, you know, three-year-old commanding the house, and I'm on the road working a lot, so. Yeah, I didn't realize your son's three. No, my your daughter's three. three. Daughter's yeah. three. Cause, yeah, because Crew's turning two, and mm-hmm. it's just life's like ramping up a little bit. Because he's getting a little more, he knows what he's talking about a little bit more yeah. now, and he has a little more yes, no, a lot more no mm-hmm. than yes. Now he's starting to say, oh, yeah. Something like last night we went over to a friend's house, and I'm like, no, what did we say? Oh, do we, I don't know, I whatever. I asked him a question, he goes, oh, yeah. And I said, and then next thing, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're good. I'll take those <laughs> in a very affirmative yes. Yeah, go with agreement. Yes, when yes, the, yes. when yes. they agreed, like, just run with it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um... So anything we want to discuss today? I don't know what you got. Um, well, we usually with you guys, it ends up coming down to something either related to painful fitness. Which <laughs> That's true. We've, we've covered that a couple times. We've t- covered that a couple times. We've come down to philosophy. Mm-hmm. We've come down to, you and I talked for a long, long time and the time got away from us and oh, yeah, we, we talked a lot about a photography yep. and then Brightwell was also the only guy to happen to brush over what other people would consider like very big highlights of their lives. And it was just for him. It was like part of the story. Right. So we kept going. He's like, well, I was in, you know, so I went to Italy and then I went through here and then went through here. And then at one point he's like, yeah, then I was a skydiving instructor, but then I went down and and that was it. Like he brushed over like three or four things and I'm like writing down like, wait, 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 go back to, because oh yeah, I jumped out of planes and help people jump out of planes. And you've jumped out of planes 
a hundred dozens and dozens and dozens. dozens. Yeah. So you, not hundreds or thousands. No, no, you no, no, any, just, no desire to jump out of same. planes. I was telling him, I said, if, if, if the risk reward, the risk is death, I'm out. <laughs> and that was, I mean, I'm sure it's very safe, but it's just. Well, like, to be honest, your risk for death is every day waking up. Yeah. And it's one day, it's, you're yeah. not. I mean, so it's probably, it's, it's just, just, it's, just to be clear, we're starting with death. Yeah. This morning. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to work, we're going to work like that. Te- technically, I mean, crossing the road sometimes anywhere in Plattsburgh is actually yeah. a bigger risk than, than probably jumping out of a plane, but I don't that know, it's just the freaky part. Yeah, I think I think it's because it's the the size of the you know the idea because uh, you cross the road way more times than you jump out of a plane, or at yeah. least I do. Yeah. I mean, yes. maybe not Brightwell, but yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> true. So you know, just statistically speaking, yes, crossing the road is dangerous. But yeah, well, that and like when they say planes are safer than driving, which is true because the odds you get in an accident driving yeah. is yeah. a million to one probably mm-hmm. by the time you drive to. You take a trip to like Boston, how many mm-hmm. cars are you passing? Potential, you know, versus in the plane, you're just like, it's air. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's calculated it's, risk. I think, you know, engineers have worked for a long time in aviation has had a lot of disasters and they've worked in processes and systems to sort of eliminate that risk. If you're in your car, the, the risk is it's all human. People make terrible decisions. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are really want to latch on to like automated driving, automated cars to lessen that risk to the point where it's mitigated and much safer. Uh, you know, I often wonder at the rate at which like, you know, uh, Elon Musk's uh, auto driving cars are going to come online more and more of those. And, you know, our kids may never drive. You know, we may teach them, but the risk reward at that point is so much greater that you lower the risk and the reward to get where you want to be. Are, are those out right now like for like purchase, self-driving cars? Well, you have to define what self-driving is. So I know that Tesla's auto, they have a couple of auto driving modes where you just put in your destination, you get in, shut the door, and it drives you there for the most part. Um, and in fact, if you go on YouTube, there are tons of videos of people like asleep on the interstate, just cruising along and... Uh, hey. Well, like I, I look at like our car, we have, you have the sensor in front mm-hmm. of you and you have the lane sensor, yep. which I've driven. So leaving Morrisonville, going up kind of through mm-hmm. the loops, like I've driven from pretty much the middle of Morrisonville, almost to Route 3 in Plattsburgh mm-hmm. with no hands, meaning my hands were like here, but yeah. I was like letting them, I just want to kind of see this thing roll. And it was able to navigate some mm-hmm. curves, but granted you have to have, it's got to really recognize the yeah. lines. If you're mm-hmm. on a road that the lines are a little lines spotty are, yep. or there's snow, yep. there's plenty of times that that, her car is way better than mine, yep. uh, but there's times that all of a sudden it'll just like kick off and I like grab mm-hmm. the steering wheel. So I'm like, well, it's not, why would I ever turn this on then? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's going to notify me every minute or 30 seconds, yeah. I got to put my hands back on the wheel. So I think it's like a correction, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like self-driving. Yep. I'm hoping self-driving comes out because the amount of like, my day-to-day driving mm-hmm. involves there's some days where i'm on the road quite a bit between appointments and i hate inefficiency and i hate time wasting so for me driving the other day i had one of the girls that was kind of like shadowing me mm-hmm. and we were I say running late one of my appointments ran late i was going to get to the next appointment on time but i wasn't going to be able to eat so I, was, I told her i'm like listen you're going to drive like we had like a half hour drive and mm-hmm. I, I literally sat in the side and like ate and then did some work i said this is great like this is what a self-driving car should be like <laughs> exactly. so that, that's one of my things it's going to be like the total like douchiest like hire ever for someone up here but i'm going to eventually have one of my like hopefully as an assistant that works with me mm-hmm. but then also doubles up as a potential car driver 
Nice. I don't want to say chauffeur because nice. it sounds really douchey, <laughs> but I just want to say like someone that will drive my car so I can work in the passenger seat. Yeah. But when those come out, I would probably invest in it as like, that'd be an investment for me business wise for saves time. Yeah. Like it was about, about saving time. It's yeah. convenience. Wow. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way. I, I, I would agree. Yes. Considering I'm on the road, you know, I, to and from Plattsburgh four days a week. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's like, God, the last thing I want to do is like get behind the wheel again. Mm-hmm. But if I could get behind the wheel and have breakfast and read and maybe watch a video or something, that's a totally different riding experience. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, I try to use it semi-education. Mm-hmm. I listen to mostly podcasts. Now, they can be educational. Sometimes it's just... That's like my escapism, yeah. so I'll put on a, a podcast that has a little bit of education, but mm-hmm. a lot more probably like entertainment value. Yeah. And then there's times where I just put it on, it's like a purely educational. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to a lot of audiobooks mm-hmm. on my, I have a ton of books on Audible. I just haven't actually, sometimes I get bored, sometimes I like the, like, the, the free-flowing podcast format versus a structured reading of a textbook, or not textbook, but mm-hmm. of a book. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I try audiobooks, and I'm not a huge fan of audiobooks. I like, podcasts are fun, mm-hmm. like. Because I, I agree, you just get a little, little more conversation. And actually, I listened to a couple that are kind of like the old school radio shows, which are kind of interesting. Mm. But I, I have a hard time with books on tape. But you guys read like actual hard copy books, like yeah. paper Like that's how I like to read books because I find I focus more. Where I can daydream on an audio book and I'll miss right large miss chunks. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's one like sometimes I've re-listened to stuff, so <clears> it's <throat> not as bad if I miss a thing here or, here or two. But um, yeah, that. I, I like hard copy books. The other thing too, bar was it Barbell Buddha? You told me about. Yeah, I've gone on to try to buy Barbell Buddha. Do you know how much that is now? No, almost two hundred dollars a book. Really? What? From I went on Amazon. I went on eBay because I don't know wow. if they they stopped making them. Out of print. Yeah. So yeah. they might be out of print. So they were all extremely expensive. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna do it. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't bought it yet, but. It's on my some of my like wish list that eventually maybe it's they'll a, just drop. It's a great book. Yeah, that's well. You guys both said it was great, so I'm like, well, I, maybe I got to do a little more digging. Probably mm-hmm. go in like some thrift shop or yeah, for sure. Walk and into like some you know. Local I, I mean, I, I see enough that I can now lend you the two hundred dollar copy that I have. <laughs> <laughs> make sure I don't put a stain on it. But yeah, no, it's it was fun. It was funny though because that's like that and trying to get a Boss Baby doll right now for your child for Christmas is. Is, How did is, you get demanded to get a Boss Baby doll? That's his favorite TV show. Nice. Boss nice. Baby. So then, of course, you know, dad moment here. I'm like, well, what would he like? Mm-hmm. And I tried to get it. I ordered it like two months ago and Amazon. And two months later, like, we don't have it. I'm like, okay. It was like backward of that line. Like, we just don't have it anymore. So then I went on eBay. There's a couple of new ones on eBay, but like $170. I'm like, wow. I love you, kid, but not. You're gonna grow out of this very fast. Right. So this is yeah. like a this is to get you through the next six months. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a six month shelf life for a hundred and something bucks. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if your sister's gonna like it, so we're not gonna hand that down. So we're just gonna leave it. I'll send you a photo. So, but then the little plush ones, which are mm-hmm. just no no kid wants like a you know whatever it is like a four inch plush doll. They want like the full size. Yeah. At least I would. So I didn't buy him the cheap one. Nice. I was going all in. I was going for like the real nice one. And then so now he's gonna get like socks or something. So. <laughs> Which, which nowadays is what I really enjoy getting. Someone gives me a good pair of wool socks. Like, I'm oh, in. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny how your your perception of what fun gets more expensive, smaller, more expensive, or more practical practical as you get yeah. older. Yeah, definitely. But what's the less practical thing you bought? Less practical. Oh God. I'm a big like practical gift guy because I hate shell. Like, meanwhile, I showed you as a, trophy a gift for someone else sense. or to use on my own. So. On your own. On your own. I'm a tool guy, so everything's practical. I bought a 3D printer this week and mm-hmm. started using it. You know, everything's practical, tool-wise. The, 
Yeah, I'd say the same. I mean, we we're just painting the kitchen cabinets, so I bought a paint sprayer for the, you know. Okay. <clears throat> I gotta get. I gotta get one of those like cock guns for cocking. You know, I I never buy one, so I literally just sit in the back and I press, or I just take like a I take like a screwdriver or something. And press. Very, very, I know. And every time I go buy any kind of cocking at like Lowe's, they're always right there, and I never remember to. Pick but it's one, one of those things that everybody has like five of them because you buy one and you say I've got one, I'm going to use it, and then you lose it, and then you have to go buy another one, and then you find it a, a year later, and now you've got three. Yeah, I got a lot of bits. I got a lot of uh, screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. I got I like. Probably more wrenches than I need. Mm-hmm. I, bought a, I bought a couple of vice things the other day because Milky at the gym told me to get a couple. Of, so I didn't know which one was which. So I bought a, you know, a couple of different ones that look different. So I figured... It, What's a vice thing? A vice grip. Oh, vice grips. A vice grip. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's the best practical term, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a Yeah, they're wrench, indis- but- indispensable. You know, that and duct tape in a credit card, you can do a lot. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant a credit card to buy stuff. I'm like, yes, you can do a lot with a credit card. Yeah, she meant like, yes, okay. So, the practical use of an exactly. actual credit card. But vice grips, I mean, uh, they're wonderful. I've sheared off plenty of bolts trying to use them on something where it's inappropriate, but they're handy, really handy. So, I, I bought, you know, the, you know the ones when you strip a screw and you put the little bit into the screw mm-hmm. to re-strip it out? I've bought in a couple of those and none of them have ever worked. So Extract, I don't know if I, uh, screw extractors is that what it's called? Yeah, I, so. I know there's more fancy term versus the, yeah. I guess the inverse <clears throat> screw where you put it in mm-hmm. and it rotates the opposite way and pulls it out. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any luck with that, so I end up just kind of like trying to pry it out. Yeah. And so, then, man, home projects. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to YouTube a lot of stuff and learn it, but I didn't grow up with any of it, so it's very new. No, I didn't either. But over because you've done done a, like bathrooms and stuff. Yeah, over time, um, you just start like you know you own a house and you start to learn how to do this that and the other thing i mean now we do home projects for time yeah you know sort of like everything like we'll work out for a couple hours in the morning and then see how quickly we can put a floor down yeah one of my well i love that one of my our gifts to gina and i we've completely well we will it's pretty much sitting in our living room all in boxes we bought a bunch of stuff from rogue Mm -hmm. so like so pumped because the longest time have you seen our you haven't seen our new house uh yes new yeah house yeah i think so okay so we have well we have a i call them a garage and a half there are two car garage where you can only fit one car in that because mm-hmm. you have stuff on the side but yep. we have that attached and we have one very similar in the back that's heated oh nice. and it has a separate entrance because mm-hmm. we live on like a corner and it's basically right now it's my total dump because i'm pulling everything like projects or just we did, did a bunch of different stuff at the house so it's all getting back there cleaned out and then it will be a full on gym so it'll be about the size of yours nice and it'll just be I'm gonna try to get the whole thing matted um, I bought we don't have a, I did not buy a rig I bought just a yoke yep. mm-hmm. so I have kind of the you know squat and all that stuff and then I bought a pull up bar one of the yeah the pull up bar systems and then I gotta look this is where it's gonna get technical is it's insulated but there's a roof or not a roof but there's a ceiling mm-hmm. so i gotta go and it's all plywood but i want to take those down and see if i can go all the way up at least to hang rings up nice and and or rope yeah, we, don't, we don't have rings yeah or rope yeah, yeah so that's that's one that we well, have sheetrock above right mm-hmm. yeah so this is all just plywood so i could easily probably just screw those down screw them down i just got to make sure that or i have to go up and insulate everything back up so mm-hmm. there'll be a little bit of a project but it'll be worth it at some point in time that will be like a full functioning mm-hmm. I'll have like everything eventually like you slowly buy like you have a bike like we don't bike yet or a rower but 
eventually and then like i would love to have a ghd eventually like mm-hmm. you kind of go like what's most important so we have like dumbbells and kettlebells and we have barbells we actually bought a sandbag at the games a couple years ago because nice. they sell gear at the games that's used mm-hmm. at rogue so like you just keep looking and all of a sudden they'll just like drop a new thing up and you're like yep and you go pick it up for like really i say fairly cheap like if a sandbag Cheaper. like if a sandbag's yeah. not i think it's like a hundred dollars to buy the canvas and everything and then you buy the sand yeah already sand in was like 60 bucks or something like that that's a good deal yeah so it was like already put together yeah. just i mean of course we probably had going home with us a lot more weight so it was a lot more crowded <laughs> we got one car, of those car riding low <clears throat> well we got like two of those we had uh, chris bought a barbell we bought some plates because they had like the logo on them like mm-hmm. the competition plate so i bought a I bought two 25 pound like the green ones but they had the actual games logo so it's like nice. that's kind of cool and then we nice. bought um two wall balls that had the the 2019 games logo they actually used mm-hmm. at the game so whatever event it was in so we bought a male female ball so me mm-hmm. and gina both have like one that will be our the ones we use but they're kind of cool so nice but it'll be a good gym so i'll have you guys over at some point and yeah can, i'd love to it's like perfect because there's the the road <clears throat> that connects to is nobody drives on it it's like mm-hmm. very local traffic yep and nice. even local traffic barely drives on it it's like a school bus turnaround mm-hmm. pretty much so it'll be good to kind of do stuff and yeah, it's it's all in my head. It's, mm-hmm. It'll happen yeah, yeah. at some so point. It just got to come from <clears throat> get from the head to to reality. As soon as they start right? putting stuff in, though, that will yeah. be like my little project about how I can. Because then I get all nerded out and like, how do I stack plates better? And how do I make it like more functional within the space to have more room? And well, I think cool. your garage was like that in the beginning. We sort of were always trying to figure out where does this go, where does that go, and now we just leave shit laying around, and it's like just go yeah. and work out. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's probably that's true. <clears throat> Just move it over to start something new, and yeah. Or if you, yeah. if it's in your way, then you kind of put it away. Yeah. Another, but like, there's so few of us that actually use the space. I mean, it's really just like it's a good space, it's like, though. It's a great yeah. space. Because I went over a couple times, but scheduling was just yeah. hard for me to get over there. But it's, yep. it, I like it. I like, eventually, I'll probably make like a rig, like probably with at least two. Kind of what you guys have, right? Two squat mm-hmm. areas, and then you have like the main no, bar between one squat one. area and then one larger, uh, one larger pull up area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's what I want to do. I want to have the longer bar in between. Yep. And then yep. a pull-up or two squats, but then each of them have a single bar pull-up between the two. So mm-hmm. then you could technically have three pull-up stations and then yep. two squat stations. Eventually would be the goal. But Is your uh, ceiling high enough to be able to do a bar muscle-up? <sighs> Maybe. Because I'm, I'm short. So I'm trying to think. I, I, I want to say the ceiling is, I, I would say probably not. I think the ceiling is probably nine feet. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of like, if I put my hands straight out extended, usually my fingertips touch seven. So yeah. I'll probably put the bar roughly about seven, maybe seven and a half yeah. feet above the ground. So I I probably could get up and over. I don't know if I could press out without mm-hmm. having to kind of duck a little bit. Yeah. I will attempt it for sure. And I will <laughs> let you know. To, you only you have only to attempt it once. once. <laughs> then yeah. you know. I'll let you know. I'll wear a, hard, or like a helmet on or something, but... If that's part of the reason, I want to eventually cut off just mm-hmm. enough where I don't care if it's yeah as long as you can kind of just go over, mm-hmm. you know you don't hit your head on stuff it would be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a height restriction on who can do bar muscle ups in the garage. How, I, I can't. How high is it? <laughs> Eight and a half feet. No, a little bit more than that. Maybe nine. I was gonna yeah, say nine. it's probably about the same height because yeah. I was kind of imagining because I've seen people do bar muscle ups there. Have you done? Can you do them there? Yeah. Stacy yeah. did them there, right? Yeah, Stacy and Willow. Willow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to like press and probably put my head down like or mm-hmm. lean my head down and press out but or just go up and just catch it and be like good enough yeah right <laughs> everybody it. can always press it out it's Count always it a good over, yeah. yeah exactly as long as you can kind of flop over like a 
Yeah. There's plenty of things to do if, other than that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm not worried. It's going to be a supplement to the actual gym. It's just like if I can't yeah. go or if it's yeah. in the morning, I'm like, like it didn't sleep well or, or weekends, like just go out and do something and not have to worry about getting going to the gym or kids are napping. Like yeah. I'm just going to run out and do, you know. Yeah, it's convenient. Something. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. So that, that will be... Santa brought that, or will we bring in that? <laughs> nice. So nice. excited about that. Nice. Um, did uh, actually I don't want to talk about. Chris mentioned something about. What are we? Spring. Spring. Has he talked to you? No. You? Not, not yet. Okay. We won't no. talk about it here. Okay. <laughs> I can talk uh, about anything. No. <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys off air. Right, fair. At the gym. Um, so, anything else that you guys can can think about? Man, man, that's an open book right there. Exactly. So, let me see. For you, for is this your first time on a council? Oh, or uh, on yes. office? Yes, this would be my first time. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. I didn't know. I and because I figured you'd probably you've never run before or done anything. Nope. Cool. No. Yeah. Were you excited about it? Yeah, I'm were you nerve wracking? I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about about it. Yeah, what I meant mean, like election night was that nerve wracking? Um, in this time I, I ran unopposed, so um, you know, <laughs> nice. it was a little less nice. nerve, a little less nerve wracking. Folks, he had, there was seven people up for the seat he won, so we'll edit that out. So, yeah, exactly. Ah, no, um, you know, I'm a little nervous to start. It's a different role. Never, yeah, never been involved before, so that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think so. Trying to teach the kids, you know, you get involved to help. Yeah, make change, you know, and sort of show them that, like, okay, like anyone. What's well, how democracy s- is, you know, step up and do that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I find it um, because of the, you know, I mean, ultimately, I represent more than just me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting balance to strike, you know, as a resident. Of course, I have my opinion on how things should go, um, but it's just not my opinion that counts. So it's just going to be interesting to like, you know, be able to gather up and be able to, you know, really have to go and, and represent what the majority of people in the ward want versus, you know, whether or not I necessarily agree with that. And I mm-hmm. think it's a, it's, it'll be an interesting, uh, it'd be an interesting job at least for yeah, like, three, my, three my, years. So I mean, I'm in it for three years and we'll, and we'll see. It's a three year term. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never run for anything, but like I've had different people on like, um, like Mike Cashman's been on and we've had uh, Billy Jones on and they've talked about like different from the political scene. I was kind of like, what? what it entails which is kind of cool to hear it from the local standpoint because i hate national politics i'm just not a very political guy but like on the local level i love i love it because there's not as much there's usually typically not as much divide because the, the amount of div, like divide is very small there's always most issues are pretty common sense people are like yeah for the majority of people that makes sense but so i always kind of th- i think that local politics just because it's you know the people personally and they mm-hmm. actually know exactly what's going on. Like they, yeah. like I said, you live in the ward versus, I mean, I get it. you live in a state or you live in a region or you live in a country, but it's very tough to have mm-hmm. a very first hand point of view from somebody, even town to town's a little bit different. Oh yeah, for sure. And I guess Plattsburgh would be, how many people are in like the ward? Oh goodness. Like, I don't know. There's got to be a few thousand because the city's, yeah, the city's 19,000, so probably like 800 th- people, three or four. Yeah. I mean, I don't, three, I don't know the exact, honestly. Maybe, yeah. maybe I should. I don't know it to the person, though. For no, that's sure. fine. But I'm assuming it's probably that. A few, couple thousand? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what else I going to say? Why, <clears throat> why do they call it a ward? Do you know? I don't. 
And I just realized, like, not too long ago, like, that the fourth ward was really just because it was in the fourth ward. Yeah. It, I think most people come to that realization, like, like know, later some, on in life. A, yeah. At some point, you're like, oh. <laughs> Makes sense now. <laughs> but aren't there stories of the fourth ward? Like, the fourth ward? Oh, like, the I don't. Yes. The, there must be. I've never. The know. bar? Yeah. Yeah. I went to the bar. I, I very rarely go out, and a couple of weeks ago I went out, went mm-hmm. to the fourth ward. This is how I never go to the fourth ward. I didn't realize you had to have cash. So <laughs> luckily I had one dollar, like I had one, I had twenty on me. So, yeah. but it was yeah. When it, you don't go out too often, I don't mm. know the, I don't know the. Uh, yeah, I don't either. The bar, the bar. Uh, I've never life. really, I've never really been uh, like a go to the bars kind of guy. So I'm a social go to the bar guy. Like if if it, we have a party or an event mm-hmm. or like for yeah, me like for work sure. stuff, I'll yeah. go. But I don't. Very, very rarely do I go frequent a bar just to go to a bar. Yeah. Because Gina doesn't really drink much. So, like, we don't. And I don't know. Just not, usually not for me. If I'm traveling and I'm with, like, friends and stuff, mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I'll have a blast doing that yeah. with buddies. But just to, like, say I'm just going to go, like, all Ridley's and have a drink. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. Yeah. yeah. Or any bar. No, I don't. No, usually it's, like, get together with some friends and sit somewhere and, you know. Have a couple of brewskis. Yeah. yeah. Do you brew <clears throat> beer? What's that? Do you brew beer? I used to brew. Okay, more. I figured as so. much. So, yes. <laughs> do you currently do any of the things that we're talking about, or have well, you? It's, it's funny, you know, getting back to the fourth ward. We um, do you uh, stomp grapes. <laughs> he, he has next slide. Yeah, yes, he has. Funny there are stories that. there. Funny story. Uh, uh, so, I, my son, he goes to uh, Bailey Avenue. We walk by the fourth ward bar. He, you know, so I sort of try to take different routes to get to school to mm-hmm. make it a little bit more interesting for him and I. And it looks like it's been plucked out of, you know, the 50s. It's clear that it was built and operated in a very different time frame. Inside, too, yeah. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. But it's a, we, we live in a very different world. Plattsburgh is very different now than it was in the 50s, I mm-hmm. imagine. So it's uh, sort of existence is an anomaly, not a standard like it might have been, say, 40 years ago. I'm trying to think. The, the only bar around here that I think is, I might be wrong on this, that seems more modern is probably like Hobie's and Sip. Because they're newer establishments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Most of the other ones are very old school, which is fine. Like, yeah, I love Mon- old Monopole, bars. Monopole's been around forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Oldest, by far the oldest part. What of is the other one? Mirons? Mirons? Yeah. yeah, but Mirons, like, you walk into, it's... They've probably, like, updated, like, laminate flooring or something. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. not one where they've had, like, a full remodel. Like, mm-hmm. some of them look... Like, like Hobie's, I think, is a really cool-looking bar. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I like I like the way it looks. And mm-hmm. um, Sip is a little more... They have like a lot of the graffiti in the walls and stuff, and it seems a little more like uh, kind of like you'd see maybe in a city kind of yeah. deal versus like Plattsburgh. But then mm-hmm. like Ridley's hasn't been touched in years, which is you still have some of the charm, but then you yeah. still have some of like the floors and stuff. But yeah. then some of them are just super dated. Mm-hmm. But um, so what's like the beer scene like? The brewing? How do you do that? I know it's like like I have friends that do it, but it's always one that I'm curious. Like, how do you get it? really good because i had a buddy one time did it and i tried his mm-hmm. beer it was the worst beer i ever had <laughs> this is no granted it was like his first well, first funny. one or two times trying it but right so uh the first time i started brewing beer was back in college i had a next door neighbor who worked for the local uh, national public radio station and one day my roommates and i were hanging out drinking cheap beer on the porch and he's like hey i'm brewing beer you want to come over and learn how to do it and so we all went over and we were fascinated by it and i was like i gotta try this again and so we tried a batch and it was terrible and then fast forward you know 30 years and we had i'd moved back to i moved back to the states from italy was living at the out at the dome in peru and i was like i'm gonna make some beer 
And so I got all the equipment and started brewing it. And I made some fun batches. I even I shared some with you, I yeah, think. Yeah, for sure. Yep. You were still living in town at the time. And it's, it was quite easy. You know, you buy... You buy the grains, you boil the water, steep the grains, and then uh, you know, cool it off, add yeast, and you're good to go. Bottle it or put it in a in a keg. So it's, it's pretty self-explanatory, like following like a recipe. Yeah. You can follow oh, the yeah. recipe it's, and be fine. If you can bake a cake, you can brew beer. Really? Yeah. Okay. And if you, I'm uh, out on both counts. Damn. And it's even easier to make wine. <laughs> I'm out. So. Seinfeld. I'm out. The, uh, but what's nice is that, you know... <laughs> 30 years ago, uh, you couldn't get materials to brew beer because uh, there were laws that made it very, very difficult. Um, but now you can go anywhere. Like, there's some fantastic homebrew shops in Burlington where I would just, on the way home from work, grab the material, throw it in the back, spend the weekend heating the house, boiling water and stuff, and just hanging out. And then a couple weeks or months later, you know, drink it. And it was delicious. So it takes months for it to get through the whole process? It depends. There are hundreds of you know thousands of recipes and dozens and dozens of varieties of beer and each one requires a very specific sort of uh, parameters like uh, pilsners require a kind of soft water a different kind of water to make get that kind of uh, tiny bubble feel to it uh, you know brewers have hundreds and hundreds of years of experience to doing this stuff to get it just right but there's fantastic starter books out there where you just literally follow the steps very clearly can't go wrong it's easy so yeah i think i would not now but i always think mm -hmm. of what would I do like what would i do at some point like if mm -hmm. you had could, like did not care like brewing beer would i mean i think it'd be fun i think it'd be a hobby that i'd get into i'd hate i would not want to be in a restaurant business but i could be that would be fun because you just do it and yeah, then trying to provide it my big thing is coffee like i love yeah. coffee one of my goals is to own a coffee shop at some point mm -hmm. in my life Nice. For no reason other than <laughs> I just want to say I own a coffee shop and it's like the best coffee and I can just go in and yep. it's, I don't know, at some point I'll own a coffee shop for mm -hmm. no other reason just because I've always wanted one yeah. right and on, I love right coffee. On. I want, I want, um, I want like a, a old school bookstore, uh, with mm -hmm. a whiskey bar in the back. That That's my, that's like when I retire, that, that's, that's it. That's it. Little shop, some quirky books, some funky music. Educated and hammered all day long. Whiskey. All Dominicus. Whiskey. Educated and hammered. That might not be I like a bad... That. Uh, a great name. Name. I think you just named the business. Uh, I will credit you uh, many years from now when that store opens up. Can't wait to go in and have... Have you actually yeah. had the peanut butter whiskey? No. Peanut butter whiskey. That sounds... It's called Screwball? Strange. No. It is amazing. Really? I just... Well... Like, I, like Vegemite? That good? Almost. <laughs> almost. Let's just, let's just say I had two sips of this. Um... <laughs> Yeah, if you want to listen to Vegemite story, don't don't just don't, don't try Vegemite. Um, the no, so with the they sold a uh, liquor and wine warehouse, but they, like a lot of places are now carrying it. It's it's called Screwball. It has like a cow on the front or a sheep or something, and it's S K, so screw, but with a K instead of a C. Mm -hmm. And it is it smells like peanut butter, tastes like peanut butter, but it's whiskey. And everybody that's had it, nobody said it tastes bad. Everybody's like, wow, that's I really good. I can't quite. I can't wrap my head around. No, that. I can't quite imagine. Should have brought. Yeah. Oh, Should have brought some yeah. this morning, boys. <laughs> what's yeah. funny? What's you should it, say that. What's in the mug? Like, yeah. What's what's in funny? The mug? Should say that. Yeah, we've. Uh, but no, it's it's really good. So if you want to try something different, again, I'm not. I, I haven't. Uh, are you guys whiskey drinkers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't got into it yet. Like, and maybe it's because I haven't tried it enough to get into it. It's kind of like people saying they don't like coffee. I'm like, you just haven't tried it enough. Like, you'll get into it. Um, I think that's. My next thing is to try like the harder, like whiskey. I know a lot of people that love whiskey. It just hasn't been, hasn't hit me. Yeah, well, one we'll have to do like uh, we'll have to do like a you know an outtakes episode where we go late at night. 
we'll just get a couple good bottles of whiskey and see what happens. We, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we get we'll we invite get, a couple. How many mics you got? We'll invite a couple people. Put oh, the we got, bo- put we the got bottles four. In. All right, we got four. And technically, I can put the old one at the piece there and just yeah. put it on the table and just let it go. There we go. So nobody actually That'll has work. this mic. They just yeah. pick up all so, the sounds. Nice. So speaking of speaking of podcasts and well, I guess kind of whiskey. Not whiskey at all. Uh, there's a there's a there's a podcast called Six Pack Philosophy. Okay, <laughs> okay. and uh, it's really worth listening Excellent. to. It's relatively short. You know, they kind of take on a new philosophical concept each episode, but they also review uh, a craft beer. Mm-hmm. So you know, they kick off and they start talking about whatever you know, nature, reality, whatever. And about halfway through, they crack open a beer. They tell you where it is, and they they all rate it and talk about you know. Um, what they think and give give opinions and I found a couple of you know a couple of good episodes where you're it's, like you're really learning like oh the meaning of life and uh, you know <laughs> that looks like a good, sounds like a good beer. and that's a, sounds like a good stout that's yeah. pretty cool yeah that's like a good concept for a podcast I'm always curious when people do me, me I did absolutely no planning I did like mm-hmm. I I I think this is kind of a spinoff or the person I took was like Joe Rogan and listened to a lot mm-hmm. of so he didn't talk about anything but just people like to talk to. So that's what it, there's no premise to it, but I yeah. like when people have different ideas because I've thought of really good ideas for like themes of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm like that would be perfect, but I've just yeah. never ran with it because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to tie myself yeah. into a certain. But that would be cool. Like, right on, right on. And right. then I will say, uh, there's one other since we're talking about podcasts again that my 15 year old daughter uh, like got me into. Okay, it's called Welcome to Night Vale. Okay, and it is a, it's a. The premise is there's a it's a town in the desert. Night Vale. Night Vale. Yeah. Okay. And it's a town in the desert, and it's the radio announcer. So he's got a very, like you know, straight up old school radio voice, and he tells you know the the news of the day, and but it's the most bizarre, <clears throat> most bizarre stories that he tells. Mm-hmm. And then in that ep- in those episodes, um, every like about two thirds of the way through, they go to the weather. It's like their segment. He's like, and now for the weather. And it's this indie band or some singer songwriter or something that you've never heard before. And it's so the, the weather segment is always a new artist to listen to. So it's introducing really cool music at the same time. So it's a podcast. It is. It is. It's about 30 minutes, but it's like, think about an old school radio, like serial yeah. where, you know, each time, except that it's really just quite bizarre. Did, did you listen to serial? No, the podcast is that you talking about serial? No, podcast? like like a serial, like where it's like each episode is like telling the different story about this town and serialized serialized storytelling, story okay. right? So each time, uh, each episode is a different kind of take on, and the characters sort of roll through different episodes. Um, like one of the one of the things they do is uh, the intern for the radio station uh, basically dies every episode or every couple of episodes. So there's a new intern every couple. Of, it's it's really quite it's really quite bizarre. Well, or they. You know. Anyway, it's it's another one worth listening to. <laughs> well, the, the the podcast called Serial. I've never listened. I listened to like, God, twenty minutes of it. And I kind of like, I don't know. It's just I wasn't in the frame of mind to listen to it at the time. But it's 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 almost like a Dateline or twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But it's just a podcast of I think a murder or something. Yeah. And but it's I think it's like twelve episodes. So you listen to I think they're about I don't know forty five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. But you listen to this whole series. And I've also heard like Hardcore History was one. I think oh, you. Hardcore History. You, yeah, one that's, that's a good one. I yeah, think that's, I that's another one I haven't like gotten into, but everybody yeah. says it's amazing. Yeah. I should give it another shot, but they're, I, I think it's just because they're long. and Yeah, there's, yeah. well, the, like if you want like um, good little just sort of interesting topics, there's one called Stuff You Should Know. And they yeah. just cover something random every time. Like one, I think I was listening to one about the Megalodon shark or something. <laughs> and it's like 20 or 30 minutes of just, you know, interesting stuff. You're like, ah. Oh, that's something that uh, you know, squirrel that away for Jeopardy or something. So yeah, yeah. You watch Jeopardy? 
I do, I, I do enjoy a good Jeopardy episode. We we uh, we got really into it when James was on, and then yeah, the, the guy that won all the. I still love Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, it was always Wheel of Fortune because I didn't know Jeopardy questions. So Wheel of Fortune was like, hey, yes, and like, <laughs> but now Jeopardy's on. Like I hate Wheel of Fortune. I'm like Jeopardy, all about it. Wheel of Fortune's like the, uh, it's like very PG, like boring, mm-hmm. like watch with your kids. And then Jeopardy's the one that I can actually like try it because I don't know anything on Jeopardy either. <laughs> I get like twenty percent, maybe not even that. Probably, I'm like a fifteen percent success rate on Jeopardy. Right, right, right. Yeah. I always enjoy when I do get the answer though because I'm not ever gonna get on Jeopardy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I got that one. You feel like brilliant. Th- there's. <laughs> There's been a couple times that I can pick like maybe twice ever that I've gotten the final Jeopardy and nobody's gotten the final Jeopardy. And I'm wow. I'm walking around the house like a man. And I think the last time they did it, and I don't know why, well, I know why I know the name, but it's like, what? And they showed a picture and it was a bridge and it was like a Scottish bridge and which they said, which play or Broadway play or whatever that this was this the representation of? And it was Brigadoon. Which is an old play. The only reason I know it is because Chasey Music Theater did it years and years and years nice. ago when my dad was in it and I was a little kid. I just remember the name. And I got it right and nobody got it right. And I'm like, how did I said it's a bridge and it's a Scottish bridge? Like, how do you lose a braveheart? Like it's kind of the same concept, but but I was so excited I got it. And Gina was like looked at me like I was like, how how did you get that? Like, that's it. There's a lot more in his brain than you think. Right, a lot right. of useless information. Not, not just a pretty face, you know that's, what I mean? That's my family it, considered Jeopardy a competitive it was a competition and uh, so my mother and my brother and i would sit in a room and watch it every night and be like who could get it out faster and get the answer and it turned out that my mother had a head start and it was like no wonder it was not fair so when she was growing up um, jeopardy's been on for a long time yeah her father would bet the kids to memorize stuff crazy bits of arcane knowledge and he put a 50 dollars bill on the table and he was a uh, ship driver in the merchant marines and he would disappear for four months and then come back and whichever kid could rattle off all 50 states and 50 capitals the fastest well the 50 dollars or things like that it's good money back then too he but he had good money now i was gonna say i would take that of course i would not i would fail the capitals of all the states but but it it was it's fascinating you know it's people that uh, arcane knowledge it's like now you know in the 50s and 60s very different world without technology without the internet now you just look it up so i think it's making us weaker in some respects but having little bits of knowledge to be able to plug into when you need i think is really handy so um no that's i've gone through jeopardy once i've taken like my phone calculator and i've actually played it legit to the point where now granted i don't have a buzzer Mm -hmm. so my thing is if i just answer the question correctly Mm -hmm before they like ring in, yep. then I just put down that I won the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, that, but then I also, I'm also fair too, where if I miss the question, I'll d- d- subtract my money. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. then, so I've actually played that before where like, so it's legitimate. So I'm not just yelling out answers. So I only yell out an answer if I really think it is. So you're not just, mm-hmm. so I've done it before. And, and typically the best I can get is maybe second. Like I can beat mm-hmm. one person, but yeah. I can never beat, I'm never winning it. <laughs> right, right. But I, I try to do that the best I can. Like, But then, granted, I'm not even counting the the object of yeah. the buzzer. So really, I would have probably been out buzzed most of those times too. <laughs> right so I would have maybe won like a thousand bucks. Right on. Do you ever watch the movie uh, Groundhog Day? It's a Bill Murray movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've no, I've heard of it. I've never yeah. watched it. So I, first of all, like love love the premise. It just it, it cracks me up. The movie. I like him anyway. But uh, in the in the movie uh so the premise of the movie is that he lives the same day over and over and over again and you know if you look online like there's anywhere from people are like trying to guess how many days he actually lives it's like ten thousand times this same day over and over again or whatever and there's an episode of jeopardy and like you'll see 
they, they flash back to him like sitting there and he's watched this episode so many times he starts to answer the questions before they're even asked and like the people next to him are like oh my god and he's just sitting there just giving answers before before Alex even asks the question it's just kind of yeah. just kind of funny I always, I always wonder if like we could go back in time and then say like know what we know now and be like I'm gonna start this company this e-commerce company online like you know you start yeah. coming up with like you know what's like successful now and yeah. then it's like, what happens if you just go back with the hindsight and be like, I know it's going to be really cool in 20 years, so I'm going to start it right now. Which seems like some people do that. Yeah. Somehow they have a wand into the future, but it'd be fun. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I don't know, man. I don't know. What's on your mind? Yeah. So you have a two-year-old now, right? And Soon to be. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. And my birthday's Christmas Eve, so it's one hell of a couple days and uh which would be fun nice and so I, actually so i turned 30 this year mm-hmm. you turn 50 yeah because i just know we're we're 89 or we're 90 or 69 89 we're nines at the end of our so i know we're yep. always a certain years apart right on and a yep. week apart you're yep. new year's eve yep yep christmas eve new year's eve um so that's coming up which is great because did you guys have a hard time turning 30 no I didn't. Like, I mean, I, looking back now, you're probably like, no, but did you like no, turning 30? I've never, I've never, age has never bothered me. Yeah. Um, 40 was fine. I'm 42 now. Um, I just figure like every day I get to wake up, like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, you, you know, I'd rather wake up than not. <clears throat> yeah. That's good. It's good. Off- <laughs> 29, 29 was tough for me. I don't know why. It was like, it was just odd that for some reason I was like, oh, so my, my 20s are leaving me. I've got to do something more. But I, was I was living this crazy, fun, good life at the time. Yeah. But I, other than that, I've never had a problem. I think th- I, I'm actually looking forward to 30. I think it's different, though, because I know a lot of people in their 20s right now that don't... They're kind of in that flow where they don't have... They're not, like, structured yet. Mm-hmm. They're kind of jumping between work or, you know, maybe not married or, yeah. you know, date. It's kind of, like, still dating or getting out of relationships and don't have kids or whatever. So we were... I was very odd in the sense that my job now is the same as it was when I was 20, you know, like mm-hmm. I haven't changed over pretty much the whole decade and now married and have kids. So like I have a family. So really like my thirties is just building off of what mm-hmm. I've already done. So it's not, I find that I'm very, I'm fairly structured. So now all, all my fun is stuff I want to take on or build upon. So mm-hmm. yeah, we talk, sure. so I guess like I'm looking forward to my thirties mm-hmm. just because a lot of the instability of your mm-hmm. 20s for me is gone so now it's we're in a little more stable position mm-hmm. so it allows me now to kind of like have the groundwork done so now i can just kind of have fun building off of it so i'm like pumped for 30 so age has never bothered me yeah at all. and if i was uh, well i've learned over time to approach things like you know there's not a way things are supposed to be mm-hmm. like once you ditch that idea is that well i'm supposed to be married by this age i'm supposed yeah. to have kids by this age i'm supposed to whatever um i find that like you can kind of roll with age a little bit better. Some people, I think, put them measure themselves against some arbitrary mm-hmm. set of rules, or other people, or other people, or or anything. And yeah. once you start doing that, you um, you know, you really sell. It's easier to start to get down on yourself because I'm turning thirty and I haven't done this sort of random set of checklists we're supposed to have. You yeah. Know? So as long as you can kind of shed that and not worry about it, I mean, what's the difference? I do a lot of things now that I never thought I would do. Um, you know, just in just in general. And yes, I have kids. And so once you start doing, once you start having kids and it changes things, but I can tell you right now, having kids, particularly now at the ages they are, I have very little structure. Like yesterday was like a phone call uh, from the teenager. She's like, oh, 
we want to randomly go do this, whatever. And like, so there goes my day. Put on your driving cap and gloves. And <laughs> right. The so there goes my day. So, um, you know, you just kind of, you know, just kind of flow on through and, you know, you kind of plan and, and see what happens each day and, and, and roll with it, you that, know? Yeah. Like right now we're at the, we're at the stage, like with, we're structured in the sense like the kids dictate. So we're very good with the kids because they, we don't let them dictate everything. Like sure. we're not so structured. We're like, Naps got to mm-hmm. happen here. Now, on a perfect day, if we're just hanging out the house, yeah, we kind of have a ballpark when they're going to go down, but they internal clock for them yep. is going off. Yep. But like, we're not going to skip out on a family function or you know a group function mm-hmm. with friends because it's kind of near the kid's nap time. Like We'll just right. kind of put them down a little bit earlier. And they're a little more adaptable, but as we get older, things are going to change because they're going to need us more for the driving, but they won't need us as much for the day-to-day like feed me and well maybe a little bit but you know they, they're not yeah. gonna well if you, if, if you train them to cook early it's it's fine yeah they, 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 they may but it, it's it's one where like right now like they can't change themselves or they can't you know go to the bathroom by themselves so they you know yeah they can't even tell you what they want so it's just kind of a lot of like grunting yeah, and crying yeah. and one single word you know random gibberish that we're trying to pick up on but so i think like going forward like yesterday was that um, I was actually showing a house to two people that I know and their two kids are like five and seven and these kids are so so much fun because mm-hmm. I mean they're little people but they're just yeah. great kids and yep. it's cool to see like Cruz only three years away from the youngest and he's was great like he was mm-hmm. a lot of fun to like chit chat with and you yep. could have conversations with them and so I'm kind of looking forward and he's close right kids really start about two kind of conversing uh, like you oh, could have like a conversation yeah. and that yeah. you could hear what they you know what they want at two and three even four the conversations can be a bit surreal you know because yeah. they're still because they're still like like making these like weird connections that yeah. you know my brain doesn't do anymore um but yeah they start it's just interesting to see the personalities yeah. develop you know as you know from two to three to four um now we have a 10 year old and a 15 year old and just you know i mean depending on you know, yeah, it's, all the yeah, because my kids will be about the same age when I'm your age. Like we had kids about the same time. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be kind of yeah, we cool. Twenty eight. Yeah, it's twenty eight. Twenty seven. Twenty eight. Yep. Yep. Jesus, I'm old. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we, yeah. we knew. Yeah, that. we knew yeah. that. I mean, come on. The only guy with a gray beard here, so that's <laughs> right. yeah. That's just. Do you have I, a gray beard? When it come when I have a beard, yeah, I don't yeah. like. Beards. That's that's another thing. When <laughs> I, mean, I start, I, I can't grow a beard. Like it starts to get that to that phase where it's sort of itchy a little bit, and like yeah. I just can't power. I've started to grow mine out a little bit for the winter, but when I. When I once I start going gray, that's gonna be another thing. It's like age won't bother me. Like, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's a it went gray very fast with kids. So I was looking at some pictures the other day of you know fifteen years. So you're ago. like a president. You're like a, yeah. you're like an eight year exactly. two term president, right? <laughs> if you're fifty, it's like and a three year kid. It's like you have a three year old. Yeah, you're gonna get gray fast. So that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd say that's probably, uh, I'm not going to say it's a regret, but having kids later in life and then projecting forward saying, damn, you know, when I, you know, my dad, my dad, my mom and dad had me when I was, when they were in their twenties. So it's like, I really have grown up with them mm-hmm. and you know, I could sit down and have a conversation with them. They're in their seventies. I'm in my fifties. Yeah. I'll be 50. It's great. Um, I'm probably not going to have that luxury with my kids, you know, just the probability of being able to live that long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that I'm like, now that I'm realizing how much fun my kids are, it's like, man, I want to just keep talking to them over and over and over, over the lifespan, to what their adventures and how their life is going to unfold. And I'm not going to have that. That would be the only sort of, uh, regret is waiting so long, but yeah. in my life was so crazy and chaotic it would have been impossible to have well, brought think, children in yeah but you them. you pick one or the other you pick yeah. like your wild 20s or you pick like later in life so 
Like, because there's stuff I didn't do in my 20s because yeah. I like settled down quicker than a lot. Like, I say a lot of people, but yeah. you know, I, I met Gina when I was 24. Now, granted, we didn't have kids till like 28, mm-hmm. but it was still mm-hmm. like we did some stuff, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like freewheeling it yeah. for 30, you know, to my 30s, you know. So, but it, hopefully for me at 28, my kids will be, yeah, I mean, like when I'm mid 50s, they're going to be pretty much like college or going to yeah. college. So then it's kind of hopefully, I'm hoping I'm still. Brightwell shape at 55 that I can <laughs> right do a lot of stuff. Well, that's what you're like, you're like one of my barometers of like, what could I still be doing at the age of 50 yeah. that I could do half. Yeah. I'm that's, fine. Yeah. If I could do half. That's it. That's, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. be better. I just want to be at the same, maybe, maybe not as crazy at some point things, but that's pain tolerance would be probably a little bit right. less on my end, but that's okay. I always love it. Yeah. Like, uh, I always love it. So Brightwell, of course, I've, I've known you now for a long time. A long I think. time. Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah. Long enough. Anyway. That, uh, you know, now it's, um, I, I'm thinking like, you know, random project. Like the other day I was uh, switching out the, the kitchen, this, this faucet in the kitchen sink and like the bolt was stripped, right? Oh, yeah. So I was like, God, damn it. You know, like it just was supposed to be an easy switch. Yep. <clears throat> so send a quick message. He's like, oh, yeah, I got that. He comes over with four tools. Never seen any of them before. <laughs> Faucet's out and he's gone. He's like, he's like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Like Brightwell's got it. doesn't be- Hey, do you have a forge? Well, yes, I do. I have a forge, and I've been, uh, you know, uh, smelting metal to make swords. Yeah, let me, let me look for it, but I think I can find it. And yeah, yeah, but uh, so it's it's funny and uh, talking about actually what made me think when you guys were talking about brewing. Um, we when we first, I don't know, early on in the uh, in our friendship, he would uh, come to the house with like unmarked bottles of like stuff. <laughs> And he's like, drink it. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I dug this up out of the yard. You want to try? And I was like, I don't know. Am I going to go blind? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) No science. I don't know. There's no. Yeah. Yeah, But that's what I was distilling. And that was a lot of fun. Mm. Distilling. It's a lot harder than brewing beer and making wine. I think, I think if you roll up though and just say, drink this, that's a good, it's a good opening line. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah. It's that's you, how you make friends. That's right? it. That is. Trust me. I'm not sure what this is. The label fell off. Like, <laughs> ah, all right. Yeah, I, I made guess two was, batches. One, I don't think it was a good batch, but we'll, here, try this. I think it's the uh, right one. And it's that border. It's that. It was that border time of friendship. You know, like when when you cross over from like sort of just new friends, casual friends, yeah, yeah, to like like I trust this guy enough to drink an unmarked bottle of shit he dug up out of his <laughs> out of his and yard. just telling you it's an unmarked <laughs> bottle of shit. <laughs> You're like. All right, we're good enough, friends. Good. <laughs> legitimately in a mason jar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then it's that's white white lightning. You took the time to put it in a mason jar. It is. It's a good I enough. St- I still have. I still have a a rather elegant looking uh, clear liquid within uh, a sealed bottle in my liquor cabinet that came from you. That I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and we've never opened it to drink it. So maybe fifty. Yeah. We got to do it. Do you know what it is? I have no idea. Dude, I've had so many bottles of clear and dark liquids <laughs> floating around. Who the hell knows? <laughs> so great me, line. Maybe yeah. maybe we bust that out in a couple weeks when, when fifty yeah, happens and you're like, that Yeah. Work. That would work. <laughs> Crew randomly went in. We have like a I, I lose liquor I use liquor cabinet very loosely when I talk about this, but he like walked in open this up and he happened to pull out like one of those little like shooters of like Jim Beam which I don't know why I even have it because when I, when I talk about liquor like we have more liquor in the house than we ever have because I have it from the Christmas party that I brought home like oh, other right than on. that we have some wine and I think I have a couple little bottles that people gave me as like gag gifts yep. that I again in probably three four I, actually my mother-in-law gave it to me 
I think before our wedding for Christmas, it was like the wedding like kit and it was like yep, a bunch yep. of like goofy things. And so there was a couple of different like bottles. One was Jim Beam. One was I, there was a couple other weird, like just cause the name was, but haven't touched any of them. They've sat there. They yeah. probably won't drink them, but it was funny that he had reached in and that was the one he gave me. Like, right on. Like, uh, when you're a little bit older, we'll have, we'll yeah. split it. We'll yeah. split this one. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a shot for each. It'll be uh, it'll be aged perfection by then. I double barrel, triple barrel, whatever it is. I, like the whiskey. When do you start drinking whiskey? When? Uh, I don't know. I think actually when uh, at later. Um, like I, I've never been. I would, I've never been a, like a huge drinker mm-hmm. uh, early on in my life, and so as I've been able to like kind of afford you know nicer whiskeys and things, and actually hanging out with uh, Brightwell and Coda. Mm-hmm. We one day, I think we, I think we started it like we would grab like a bottle of something interesting and and watch a like a like I think we watched three hundred, uh, the movie three hundred. Oh, great movie. We you yeah. know, and so we just I think we just started doing that when when I was on Duran Street. Yeah. Um, we just grab a bottle of something interesting and crack it open, try it, and watch a cool movie and and hang out. So later in life, I you know I I definitely like you know you you try for the the nice uh, quality. Uh, over quantity. I don't drink a lot, but like it's nice to have a, a good whiskey. I, I, gotta, I just gotta go get a whiskey and just start sipping at it because yeah, break can't it in. You do that though. You need to uh, put it. Excuse me. Put it in context. You need to try, get like two or three and compare them because a whiskey out of context, you don't re- under, you don't appreciate the flavors and the. I'm, I'm sorry. I may I just have to interrupt here. You may have just usurped the name of the uh, bookstore. Uh, whiskey out of context would be a really good bookstore. <laughs> Ooh, that's like a that. good one. B- bookstore door whiskey. <laughs> Mental. Sorry. That's a good. One. Sorry, man. That, that, that's better. That flow is just more elegant. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, to appreciate like the flavors, like the smokiness or peatiness of a uh, like a whiskeys from Scotland or whiskeys from America, or you know, you want to you want to put it in the right uh, frame of reference. Mm-hmm. So getting one off the shelf and not knowing what it is or any history is could be hit or miss and if you you know fry your palate the first time you try it, you're like god i'm never drinking this again you might be missing out so so uh, like telemore dew is a whiskey right mm-hmm. and then i've had johnny walker johnny walker blue is like the big expensive one mm-hmm. more expensive one i've had that and i did not like that yeah so i don't like i don't know if that like matt but a lot of that stuff is just like how it's made not necessarily how the taste is because I've had, I think, Johnny Black, too. And I mm-hmm. like Johnny Black better than Johnny Blue. But granted, it was... I was very... This was mm-hmm. probably five years ago. And I just haven't gotten into it enough. Yeah. It, but you have to ask, you know, what are the different types of whiskey styles? Is it blended? Is it, uh, you know, uh, single batch, single malt? Is it multi-malt? It's like, where does it come from? There's a lot of questions that arise when you start to uh, really... Uh, uh, unbox, you know. I'm well, gonna. I want to drink a whiskey. We, what's in it? So we're, 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 we'll do we'll do a whiskey podcast one night. Oh, that'd be fun. It'd be okay. great because I know nothing. I know yeah. shit about whiskey. So I'll fun. let you do that, and yeah. I'll just bring all the audio stuff. We'll yeah. actually make it very simple. We'll just put one. We'll put that on the table yeah. with or surround mic. We'll just invite a bunch of people over and yeah, shoot, shoot, and, shoot, shoot some whiskey and, and shoot some the shit. And, yeah. that, and that's it, everybody. Uh, you know, well, you got to be careful with that because try enough whiskeys and. <laughs> anyway, hey oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that is true. You get a, you get a couple, and you start to hone your taste. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorites uh, is Widow Jane. Uh, that if you're gonna try a that's Widow Jane, Widow Jane. Yeah, they I think they sell it still at the uh, liquor and wine warehouse. Um, but that's, that's not a whiskey; that's a bourbon, right? That might be a bourbon, actually. Yeah. Is it? What's the difference? No, I don't think is it. it? I don't know. Anyway, regardless, it's good. Solid, yeah. solid yeah. drink. It's good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's there's lots of different styles of uh, whiskey making, but I whiskey is, you know, it's not a codified standard. So, you know, whiskey from Europe versus whiskey in America, uh, they're different. That's why bourbons, you can only get a bourbon from certain areas made with a certain yes. combination of uh, corn and So that's more material. regulated? I'd say well, regulated, but more I mean, like... It's, it's the, there's a strict definition. It's like kind of like true champagne comes from yeah. this particular region. Um, the same, same with bourbon. Yeah, because uh, when we went over, well, I didn't go to Germany, but we went down to Philly, and there was a few places that we went to, like German beer halls, which mm-hmm. is amazing. I love going to those places, but they have like there's an actual was it German beer law mm-hmm. that you can only have like four ingredients in it or something like that, and it's very specific, and yep. I guess it's like government regulated. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of <clears> cool. But some of the, some of those beers were phenomenal, like German beer. They're heavy, but they're yep. they're yeah. really good. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of changes going on in the uh, liquor industry. Like, uh, you know, the sort of bourbons, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you could go into a liquor store and buy an amazing bourbon for $30. Well, with the way in which the marketplace has grown and people's palates have expanded and the sales of bourbon have skyrocketed, and so its value has skyrocketed, now to get a really good bottle of bourbon probably going to cost you, what, 75 bucks for a decent one? And it's the nature of the marketplace and the palate of people in general. Uh, rums, I've been interested in lately because the it hasn't exploded. It's not super expensive. You can get an, a life-changing bottle of rum for $70. I mean, like, amazing uh, bottle. And it's because the, the industry's not codified, and they're working very hard to put uh, measures in place so that you know that if you get a rum from a single from a particular place it's got uh the marketplace believes that you're making it within that uh set of parameters um you know whiskeys have been somewhat codified for a long time uh very clearly in america and over and overseas so it's a little bit easier, you know, what you're getting when someone says this is a whiskey. It has been made in this particular manner with this kind of materials. Very similar to like the German beer laws. So is whiskey typically just straight or on rocks? Like you don't, you wouldn't really mix it with anything. If you're having like pure whiskey, you just would drink it straight or just on ice, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer it that way. I don't tend to drink a lot of mixed things, that mixed yeah. drinks and things though, you know, so... But it depends. Like in some cases, <clears throat> some of the more raw whiskeys, you might want to put a single ice cube in just to sort of open up the flavors, and yeah, the yeah. aroma a little bit. Uh, you don't want it to burn too bad, mm-hmm. if, uh, depending on it. Um, and then there are some that you don't want to mix with anything, like the uh, like the really old like Obans and you know Lafroigs, the sort of uh, aged whiskeys that are smoky and peaty and uh, those. I don't like to mix with anything. I want the full flavor of uh, That's just in the mouthfeel. In, gl- in, the gra- in the glass, nothing else. In the else. glass, nothing else. Room temperature, not cold. Yep. It's supposed to be cold or room temperature? Or does it depend? Depending on the... It depends. You know, is that more preference like or is that like... Well, you know when you drink like wine, mm-hmm. typically like white wine you would want chilled. You wouldn't want it like mm-hmm. room temperature white wine kind of tastes bad. But like red wine, you want room temperature. Well, it depends on the kind of wine. You could have like a Lambrusco, which is a fizzy red wine. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do? Probably a little colder. You want it colder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've I've always had like my red wine I've always left mm -hmm. out and then white wine, like I'll chill. Someone told me a good, a good thing. They said, if you're drinking, I think I was drinking red wine. I forgot it was 30 minutes or an hour. If you have it in like a cooler, Mm -hmm. take it out 30, it was 30 minutes or an hour prior to drinking it to Mm -hmm. let it warm up. And then 
if you're drinking white, you do the opposite. You'd put it in the fridge 30 to, to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. prior to drinking it so it would chill a little bit. Which yeah, is fridges, like a, fridges are too cold for most white wine. Fridges are like in the 40s and white wines you want to drink in the 50s. But it depends. Every, so yeah, wines that was are like, different. It was like a quick like chill. Because that, that's one thing I don't have yet. Because I, I really do like uh, wine, but I don't have a refrigerated wine, mm-hmm. which at some point I'll get. Because right now we just have like a cabinet for it. But mm-hmm. like I would like one where I could actually put them in and oh, yeah, keep, yeah. Them, keep them cold. Do you have a basement? Yeah. I mean, I could put them down there, but the, mm-hmm. our basement, because Gina has like the massage down there, actually oh. stays fairly warm. So I would say our basement is like 68 to 70 all the time because yeah. of that. So, oh, right. so right. it's, yeah, our downstairs. And then I also have a wood shop in the basement, oh. which right now, this is what I said, in the future, this would be mm-hmm. kind of cool. So I have like, the guy we bought the house from um, was a pretty, like hobbyist, but he was mm-hmm. very good at woodworking. And he has like he has the vacuum systems he has all this stuff and then he left me a table saw and then i've added a couple things over the last probably year a little over a year and but right now because we had a bunch of work done down in the basement it's i'm slowly kind of moving mm-hmm. stuff out and filtering through some stuff to get it to like a wood shop so that would be kind of cool and if i don't take up woodworking it'll mm-hmm. end up just being probably my little man cave like <laughs> right. project area might be a lot what of do stuff. you want to build right now the thing so me and a friend, we've actually taken like a two-month hiatus just because of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're building a conference table um, wow. in there out of uh, Black <clears throat> Walnut. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And that's going to be about an eight-by-four table. It's about one and three-quarter inch thick, I mm-hmm. think. So it's a pretty thick table. And that, that will be really nice when it's done. But I would like to get, again, just watching like YouTube videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. My first thing I want to build is just shelving the basement, which is mm-hmm. just very basic. Like mm-hmm. I can do that. But... Um, I don't know. I probably could be a mixture of like bookshelves, could be a mixture of, um, like little projects like the shelving unit here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, that, that was not the final, that was definitely not my first, it kind of wasn't, kind of wasn't, it was mm-hmm. going to be much more narrow. But mm-hmm. then once I started putting the boards up, like the full 10 foot boards worked very nice mm-hmm. versus trying to cut them down to like six or eight feet. Um, so little projects like that, because mm-hmm. that was determined by where the studs were on the wall. But I think if I can, it's maybe stuff for the kids, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like a toy chest or, you know, a bookshelf yeah. or mm-hmm. eventually work up to maybe tables or it's just stuff that for me, it's like work that I can just kind of do. And mm-hmm. and then eventually get a little more, more creative or if I have the tools to be a little more creative, like different kind of routers and jigsaws and mm-hmm. everything else that I'll slowly accumulate. It could probably do some cool little mm-hmm. more ornate things. And mm-hmm. then sometimes I watch YouTube videos and like 10 different things you do with like scrap wood mm-hmm. and you look at them like wow that's cool mm-hmm. like you just take all these little pieces and make like this cool little decorative thing or some something that's more functional mm-hmm. and that might be fun too just to go down and sip on whiskey and listen to the radio <laughs> we have this old radio they left us too which nice. is kind of cool like old like dial radio yeah. but it comes in really clear that's and awesome. she's had for like 40 or 50 years she just didn't want Very she had no room for it she goes yeah. you want it i said man the Very service cool. down there is not great, so I probably will at some point do something where I can blast out some you know stuff out of my phone. But for right now, a Bluetooth speaker. But for now, that's yeah, where right it is. Now. I uh, we last year we invested in sort of getting a stereo, like a stereo again in, like in, an old, in the like, house, like CD player, record player, receiver, r- r- cassette player. <clears throat> I didn't get a cassette player. I didn't didn't have any cassettes. I had stored. Uh, I've always music is always like I. Yeah, I, you're. A I love music like I like books. Like mm-hmm. they just the more the varied everything. <clears throat> and now over the last little bit, um, our 15 year old has started to rummage around and like 
listen to CDs, and, and it's just an interesting uh, difference because she's used to streaming everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like Google, I want to listen to whatever. There it is. <laughs> Uh, growing up, I would go to the record store and I would buy something based on, oh, this album looks really cool. You know, hey, look at the cover. Look mm-hmm. at the... Um, and so she she's learning how to kind of discover music that way um, because she'll ask me, like, what should I listen to? You know, I've got 500 CDs sitting in the living room. Um, she's like, what should I listen to? I was like, I don't know. Put something in. What looks interesting? Take a look at the liner notes. Like, what mm-hmm. looks interesting? Do you pop it in? If you don't like it, you know what? Take it out. Put something else in. Yeah, and it's just interesting because she's very into music as well, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of fun, you know, old radio just having to be able to sit there and like listen to a CD start to finish, yeah, and understand kind of what the musician was trying to do, you know, yeah, sound or, order and yeah, and just this like or song it's order, it's sound not order, you, you know now mm-hmm. uh, they you know they were making fun of me yesterday because. Um, I heard what CD they were putting in and I was like, oh, you know, you really want to listen to track three. Like I know track lists and I know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but newer artists that I've listened to just over the last couple of years, because I too have access to streaming. You know, I know maybe one song from, from newer artists, but the stuff that I grew up with all through my twenties, you know, I can just like, oh, that CD definitely like, here's, here's what's going on. We were listening to Portishead the other day. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened (laughs) to Portishead, just I, it was just one of those bands that blew me away back mm-hmm. in the day, you know. And they're an older band, like eighties, eighties, nineties, right? Well, I mean, like they're not like a new no. band in the last no. 10, 15 years. No, no. Um, but just and it was just kind of cool listening to uh, listening to that and seeing you know the teenager like oh you reading the liner notes while the while the songs are yeah. playing in the background mm-hmm. and stuff. Very different kind of experience, I think. Um, you know, same thing like going to a bookstore and wandering around the the shelves and just yeah, that's my see, favorite thing you know to do. see i love I it like, for hours yeah for sure for sure and but to, to the, add to that the visuals of the 80s and 90s like i remember the video that came out with the first hit with portishead they had uh, built made this video for mtv when mtv actually played music videos and it was you know it was a narrative it was like it was an, an entire movie shot as the the video for the song and i remember it just being it was just catalyzing. I was like, man, it's an amazing video. Then the music just amplified it another, you know, order of magnitude. Uh, whereas now when you stream music, you don't see anything. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the sound quality is the other thing that gets me. CDs and vinyl have such a different, uh, uh, quality of sound than streamed music. Yep. Yeah. Every listen to stuff on echo. You have one little speaker in the corner and it's like that's not listening to music. Yeah. It was. It was uh, for me. It was. It's the more active. Uh, it's a more active role when mm-hmm. you choose. Like you're looking through and you're like, oh, this looks interesting, and you pick the CD out and you place it in and you close the CD yeah. and press play. Versus like, oh, what random thing can I stream? And then I'm not even paying attention because it was more of a passive. Like it's deliberate. Yeah. Or you intentional. Just, yeah. Exactly. And so I just think it's um it's just interesting. And then really just kind of settling in to listen to. Uh, and just discovering all the different kinds of music uh, uh, because we now have curated lists where if you like this, you would also like this. Mm-hmm. It really starts to narrow mm-hmm. your view. You don't even know what's out there. Like I've got a, I've got random crap that was just like, I would have, ne- I would never have found it today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just <clears throat> spoken word poetry and like bizarre, like old school, like jazz CDs and records that, I would never have known. I would even have known to search for them 
except that I'm in a record store and I'm like, oh, what is this random thing, you know? And then sometimes it was a gamble back in the day, man, you know, 15 bucks, you're mm-hmm. like shelling out some, some cash for this thing that you may not like. Um, but a lot of the stuff I listen to is just because of that. And then you follow the bouncing ball and, yeah. and uh, you know. And well, it's awesome. like when you recognize a CD because of the, like because of the actual CD cover, mm-hmm. that's the same thing. Like, I mean, I was young enough to... I didn't have records, but I had like the CDs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when I'd go through, I remember going to, I don't know, whatever the place was back in the day in the mall, you would go through and you'd like flip through the catalog and you'd yep. or flip through catalog, but you'd have all the CDs all lined up and you'd flip mm-hmm. through them and then you go to the next artist. And this was like, you know, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. I would and like, I, I still have CDs at my parents' house that mixture of new, like definitely had the nineties and two thousands, mm-hmm. but then I was a big my mom grew up in the 70s like that was her like high school mm-hmm. and she graduated high school in 79 i think so like she went to college in the 80s which was funny because i very I, I haven't known 80s music until the last probably five years because a lot of my friends now grew up with 80s mm-hmm. music so i started like by osmosis or by you know association with them i've listened to it but the 70s i was like i knew i know a lot of 70s music i know a lot of 50s 60s and mm-hmm. 70s because that's what i grew up listening to mm-hmm. like cool 105 and all yeah. those but then when the 80s to like maybe 95 is like a dark hole, a dark hole in my catalog because <laughs> she never listened to it and I was too young to get into the music. So I really started to listen. My my music in like 97, 98 was kind of when I first <laughs> could recognize a song and kind of like that was like when all the pop music was coming out. And, you know, you still had some. Then it went into like a big alternative music kind <laughs> of around 2000. And a lot of the CDs, like the most CDs I have, I think, is Aerosmith. I was a big Aerosmith guy back then. Of course, this was like in the 70s. And like my first nice. CD I ever got was a live Aerosmith CD my mom gave me. And I was like, this is great. First song was Train Kept a Rolling. And I'm like, this is great. And then I just like started buying it. And then I started like just collecting their CDs. So I probably have eight or nine Aerosmith like straight up CDs. So it's one where if you show me the cover, I'd be like Aerosmith. Like, you yeah. know, or yeah. whoever it might be. But that, yeah, those were, but I think the, my favorite still is books. Like when Borders was around, mm-hmm. I could go there for hours. Oh, I, I love. I was. I worked there for uh, at was, Borders. Yeah, I was the oh, inv- was inventory and uh, operations manager there. And my God, man! First of all, uh, I worked with a bunch of people who just an awesome bunch of nerdy like music book nerds. Right. That's yeah, what, that's awesome. what we that's what we did. So we would just swap music all the time or talk books or whatever and forget it, man. Like you get a discount there. It's like, you know, your paycheck rolls in and you're like, there it goes. (laughs) Uh, But it was so much fun just sitting there. You know, that that, maybe that's what I see. The the hard part is if I had a bookstore, I would love to own a bookstore. I would love to own like a Barnes and Nobles tip deal, but would you had like a coffee place and books? Because that that right there is like what I want to do. Whiskey, yeah. whiskey and books. Whiskey books. Yeah, well, I'll have like a little coffee sec- section <laughs> yeah. over here just for. But it, it's the uh, that would be perfect. Like I, I wish there's not as many bookstores now. But like when I see a Barnes and Nobles, like if I travel, I'm so excited. Like I'll go there for two, three hours, easy. Yep. Give me a coffee, yeah, and yeah. I'll just peruse whatever sections of books I yeah, like. Yeah. Find a little, find a little shop somewhere that's got. I, I just like being around books. I like. Now I get my fix. I go to the public library. You know, bring my mm-hmm. bring my son to the public library. And just, there's so much stuff I just took out of like. And again, it's stuff that I would never have looked for. I'm reading a book um, about uh, an African samurai. You know, he was a slave mm-hmm. that came over to Japan with um, the Roman as they were trying to uh, sort of Christianize Japan, and he was a 
bodyguard for the for the Roman uh, guy. Um, I'm going to totally blank is, is on this his name. A- anyway, and nonfiction. It's just, yeah, and it's just okay. the story of this guy who this this African um, who was taken into slavery, came out of slavery, and became a highly respected samurai in Japan. And it's like, boom, would have well, never, would have never known that book again. <clears throat> Why would I have searched Amazon for that? Wouldn't have. What but, what uh, what time period? Eighteen uh, hundreds? No, before that, like seven, sixteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I end up just buying. Like I'm like one of those guys just buy books. But like a lot of those things up, a lot of the books up there, I haven't gotten to yet. Like I really, I mean, there's four, four shelves of books. I think I've read the top. I've read all the top in the last two years, and everything down below, I've read a portion of them. Some I haven't. Like a couple of the books you've given me recommendations are on the shelf there. I just haven't gotten into it. I eventually will, but because the problem is, like, uh, DeBoos gave me a book over there that I promise if he's listening to this, I will give it. I have it. I, I will give it back to you. I promise. That's one of my things. Like, I if you if I loan you a book, like you can read it. Just you know, bring it back. And so I got, I have like a past due book from, from <laughs> i don't know if he'll charge me he'll probably charge me a coffee or something i'll bring it back but it's a cool book like, i can't wait to read it but every time i like it takes me so long to go through a book that by the time i get to it and i'm like another one's kind of pushed its way to the yeah. like, i gotta read it next and uh but yeah it's called the brand mindset which is cool because like, yeah, mm-hmm. i think you'll like this and i think i will but like i have, I have a couple history books over there i want to read one's on ben franklin which i think would be cool and the other one's on da vinci which i still haven't looked at them yet but they're mm-hmm. they're Thicker books, like they'll they'll take me. They're probably very dry too, which is going to bring me back to like freshman year of college and like a history class <laughs> reading. Like, oh god, this is awful. I'm a firm believer in having multiple books being read at the same time. You gotta, you want to make the connections between them. You know, I it's, have a stack of books next to my bed, and uh, you know everything from, uh, you know, the Supple Leopard by Kelly Starrett to uh, mostly it's been fitness ones lately. Uh, Endure, the one Paul you let me borrow. Yeah, that's the one I have over there. Actually, yeah. I both the two books you just listed are both over there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but others, you know, like philosophy books, you know, like the other day, uh, I was moving some books around to make more room for negatives to make room for more books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sun Tzu fell down I was like, Oh, the art of war. I haven't read that in 20 years. Is that a good book? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. So amazing. Yeah. My, my 10 year old and I playing the game risk. I don't know if you're familiar. Right. Yes. Okay. So he was getting super frustrated because, uh, he, he couldn't win. Like we played a couple games and like, I just kept beating him. Right. And you know, I'm I'm all for giving kids a break, but at some point, like you got to earn the victory. You yeah. know what I mean, right? Yep. So so he's like, Dad, we get done playing one night, and he's like, Dad, how do I get better at this game? And I was like, Well, you know, there's this book called Sun Tzu, The Art of War, right? So if you read that book, you'll be fine. And I was kind of half joking. I mean, he's ten, right? So he, of course, in the digital age, he gets on his tablet and he finds an illustrated version uh, of Sun Tzu's Art of War, and. Um, this, so we, we have this conversation. I tell him about the book. Then sort of the evening happens. Like he goes upstairs at bedtime. He has reading time before he, you know, lights out. So he's whatever he's doing. He comes down um, the, the next day and he's like, Dad, I totally know what I did wrong. And I was like, what are you talking about? In risk. He said, I found the book and I know what I did wrong. Um, I was too, I was too uh, hasty. I was too, I was trying to do things too fast, like, and Patience. so he's 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 take he he took and he read Sun Tzu's The Art of War, parts of it in this illustrated version, made the connection to come downstairs and let me know that like he was being too impulsive in his game, <laughs> and let's sit down and play Risk because he knows how to do That's it. Awesome! Now. I was yeah. like, 
this kid is awesome. You guys, you guys play a lot of board games, right? Cards, boards, things. Yeah, he he and I do. Uh, and as a family, we try. It's you know just kind of it's, fun to do. You find interesting games I'm, and yeah. stuff. I'm hoping I start that again because I love board games when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. I actually have Monopoly. Over, so the, Monopoly is one of those games that like I like the concept of Monopoly now better than I did as a kid because mm-hmm. I played it once as a kid, I think, mm-hmm. and I didn't play it correctly because yeah. we were kind of playing like a very loose version of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to actually like play it, but I know people are like, it takes forever to play. But I think it'd be fun, like sit down and just play a board game. Yeah. Um, and there are some there are some really really fun yeah. board games. Uh, and just like you know, not just the you know the ones that I remember kind of growing up. Like you start to go to those specialty game shops, and they're just really cool. Yeah. You know, interesting. Um, I want to get uh, Axis and Allies. Uh, yeah, that's another game I played as a kid. He he's one. real. He's they're learning about World War Two and fifth yeah, grade or whatever a, yeah that's um, a great book, and game. you know so i was telling and he's really interested in that history so i i would love i had it when i was younger and uh we used to play it like in college so you know yeah. we could sit around and play a game um but i would love to get that that's when that's a little more complicated than risk yeah. but yes I, th- I think he would be i played that as a kid my dad was the same thing he had all those my dad liked board games so we played mm-hmm. we used to play as a kid but now it'd be more fun for me now because i have a little bit I don't know, better mind for it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, there's a lot of stuff you don't understand. And yeah, you're just kind of sure. like, yeah. probably like Bennett just freewheeling it and being like, oh, I'm just going to take it as it comes versus mm-hmm. like having a kind of a strategy. But yeah. it's cool. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to do that. Yeah, we've been playing some board games, uh, a lot of card games, you know, stuff that's easy for the kids to like grasp at seven, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, Uno. But my three-year-old, Eleanor, I mean, she picked up on Uno. She's like, I have a blue card and we'll play. And it's like, well, damn, you just... I have to draw two now. It's like, come on. Yeah. She picked up fast. And, uh, but the, we've been playing, uh, not strategy games, but more memorization games because they're just not quite old enough yet, but it's clear they're getting there fast. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's fun. That's like one of those things. Like when you have kids, you, you watch them sort of make those connections. You watch the little Mm -hmm. like synapses fire and and you can see almost like the connect the dots dots, and then like this aha moment. And then, so Bennett now will will try uh you know he'll try a strategy and like it doesn't work and then you can see him sort of making corrections and, and do something else it's it's kind of neat you know and uh but we do a lot of we do a lot of games so so that's fun yeah it's cool i think it's like mind stuff like me i like crosswords i like i used mm-hmm. to like Sud- there was a sudokus but there was another thing with sudoku where you had to add up the numbers mm-hmm. so you had to put numbers in but the column would add up to something and i forgot what that game was called but that one i enjoyed more because there was a it was like a little extra layer of, of thinking right. mm-hmm. um but to me like anything that can like stimulate your mind is fun usually with coffee or i guess whiskey yeah, yeah. just <laughs> well sit down and depends it depends if you want a stimulant or <laughs> right right depends on how how you know tight you want your game like coffee on point whiskey you get kind of loose yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of kind of run a little you know. a little clearer mind that way too yeah. maybe not as much focus but a little like less hindrance yeah. to the yeah but there's some of those games like Pictionary I loved as a kid where it's like you really you get a little uh, insight into their personality yeah. it's like how are you going to get this across this concept by you've got 20 seconds to make a drawing and I have to figure out what it is right and, there was there was a game we played um, where you would I forgot how it starts. I'd have to like read the rules on it, but you would, I think, write down a word, mm-hmm. pass it to me, and then we probably had 10 people playing. So like you'd write down a word, pass it to me. I would have to draw it. Mm-hmm. Then I would take the drawing and pass it to my right, and they would have to write the word of what they thought it was mm-hmm. and then pass it. So obviously and nobody can draw correctly. Right. So when you, like, you'll write down a tree, 
So someone will draw a tree. And sometimes it makes it all the way back around. So like if you were the one I think next to him, you would have to guess the final one. Like it wouldn't mm-hmm. come back to you. And and you always have. So everybody writes down a word and just passes to the right. So you have 10 people playing. You have 10 techni- technically words filtering mm-hmm. around. And it gets pretty crazy. So it's kind of a mixture of Pictionary and the train game. Because mm-hmm. it very rarely comes back around. I'd say the success rate that it comes around. Like if you wrote tree, you might be fine. But even if you wrote dog, like people keep... Can't draw. Like they'll start drawing something, you'll be like horse, <laughs> and then it'll be like you right, know. Right. So you can yeah. see how it slowly runs off the tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that'd be a fun, yeah, that'd be a fun one. And you've said you watched it. Did you watch Iron, uh, Irishman? Yeah, no. Netflix. I have not. Joe Pesci was the other one I was thinking. Yeah, of. I, I, re- I realized that after <laughs> you ran up the way. I was like, oh, Joe Pesci. Why didn't I think <laughs> thinking, yeah. Like, what is like another old school? Like, yeah. what, what was uh, Joe Pesci and what was his main movies? Oh, oh God, he was all he was like. What oh, am I the, funny? <laughs> yeah, the uh, is this funny to you? What is that? Uh, like, because he, he was all the old mob movies, mob movies, yeah, and, then, and, then and my cousin Vinny. My, yeah. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know there was because like, those guys were always like the old, the older actors that yeah. I've seen that kind of I say tail end, but as they've been older in their yeah. careers. But yeah. um, no, I wanted to watch it, but it's long. You haven't seen it yet? No. Yeah. I, um, last night. So usually the nights if I'm going to watch a movie is probably Saturday night mm-hmm. if I was to actually watch a movie and. I sat down. I was doing some stuff, which I normally do. I can't just sit still and watch a movie, so I ended up putting the office on again. So yeah, I'm just one of those guys just keep rewatching the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I watched. I've been listening a lot to um, uh, Ben Bergeron's podcast. Oh Have yeah, you listen to that at all? I, yeah, sometimes. So one of the things he he's a little over the top at times for me, but a little bit. Yeah, there's like <laughs> like there's sometimes like dude, you got chill, like you're like a robot. But there's some, there's sometimes <laughs> where there's some good things. So we came up with there's a, set, a show called Seven Days Out. Have you seen that? No, no. So basically, it takes like uh, Kentucky Derby's one of them, and then there's, um, uh, I think there's a NASA li- or NASA shuttle, and they go from seven days out, kind of tracking the last like chaotic week before something mm-hmm. a big event's supposed to happen. Interesting. So it's kind of cool. So it shows like the process of getting mm-hmm. to there. So one of the ones that it was a hotel, I get or no, re- sorry, a restaurant, and they were they were voted the number one restaurant at this big award ceremony in the world, mm-hmm. and someplace in new york city and like a month after they got the award they completely revamped the whole thing like gutted the whole restaurant they redid everything because in their eyes they were they were people that everything had to be perfect like perfect but they were always like trying to be excellent Mm -hmm. in every single thing they did so you go from being the best restaurant in the world you basically have it to the point where they're like they knew so much about it that they knew like this is not as good as it could be. So mm-hmm. they completely gutted the place. They kind of remodeled it. They didn't like totally change everything about it, mm-hmm. but down to like the guys like sitting on. And I've only about halfway through, but guys like sitting on cushions, and he's like it's kind of prickly on my back. So they're going through all these like finite details <laughs> that you would never think mm-hmm. of, and he's sitting there and they're, like they're like sitting there and like distance from the table and the feet and location and like mm-hmm. and then the plates and then where the napkins go and how they're folded and how the plates are they had like a logo on the bottom of the plate it'd be like something here mm-hmm. perfectly straight that you probably won't see because i doubt you'll ever flip your plate over to mm-hmm. look at the bottom of it but it has the logo on it mm-hmm. but because he goes we want everything to be intentional so when you're setting the plate like you're putting the time to make it not just you're not just like going to like a diner around here and you're just mm-hmm. flinging plates out like it's everything is calculated and mm-hmm. interesting um so it's kind of a cool, because Ben Bergeron was like raving about this episode. So I'm like, and I was flipping through Netflix. It happened to like, like pop up. So I'm like, I'll watch it. It's only like 45 mm-hmm. minutes. And I only got through about 20 minutes of it. And of course, my attention span for that mm-hmm. is like, I was off doing the next thing. But uh, the first 20 minutes were pretty cool. But you talk like 
two guys that are just everything they do is they just want to be the best at everything they do mm-hmm. even down to now some of it's probably very ocd and neurotic and stuff but <laughs> but there's a lot of like yeah there's a lot of um i guess to say about being like trying to be perfect or trying to strive for perfect and everything you know you're not mm-hmm. going to hit it but it's the idea that you're just not settling for something that's okay mm-hmm. yeah. which i'm yeah. kind of a fine line on that in my I, life I, but i love um there uh, bruce lee i love bruce lee love just about everything about him. Like I just, from back in the day of watching Kung Fu movies when I was a kid, like I just think I, you know, sort of elevate him uh, just because of the nostalgia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but happy, but never satisfied. Like you should be yeah. happy in what you're doing, but you should always strive for the next thing. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's an interesting balance uh, to, to your point. Is yeah. that like, I'm happy with what I'm doing, but I can be better. Well, I always, you know, like there's always that fine line of, uh, cause I've thought, I thought about this a lot for like the business here. Like if you, if you try to like perfect something, you spend so much more time in the last like few percentage points. Mm-hmm. Like to move the needle from like ninety five or ninety six or ninety seven percent up one or two percentage points, it's gonna take you more time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need a better eye, but it's gonna take more time than you mm-hmm. getting to ninety five. Sure. So my thing is like I I value a lot about speed too. So let's not overthink something. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it looks pretty good, and and we're really nitpicking something. And there's a few things I have nitpicked because I know it's. Um, like the uh, the logo that we've had for the business took time to really get right because I didn't want to rush that out knowing that was going to be a yeah. historical long-term thing. But something that we put out that's just like a quick ad or campaign, it's like, mm-hmm. good enough, put it out. Like, don't overthink it. So, but there's other things that I've tried to thought, should I go more trying to really perfect it mm-hmm. in certain aspects? So it's always like a fine line of what's overkill and taking too much time for not much of a, a payoff versus where I probably should focus more time on, but that's always a balancing act mm-hmm. that I think will will well, always evolve. <clears throat> Perfection is the enemy of good enough. Exactly. And there's yeah. plenty of studies out there, like the Pareto principle, you know, mm-hmm. 20% of your effort will get you 80% of the way there. And I'm big on that, yeah. Yeah, but go beyond that, and it's a very different story. And I think there's a lot of really good... Uh, some cultures it's ingrained uh i always you know go back to like the japanese the idea of the master craftsman you know Mm -hmm. to be the very best to do something at the highest level of perfection you know it takes it's 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 a mindset and you know people who are neurotic end up being very good at it because it comes naturally to them people who are not have to work really hard yeah Uh, i think of my own sort of uh uh creative pursuits like photography i am not a perfectionist with anything except photography because i spent you know uh, decades developing processes and procedures to achieve a certain kind of look and feel because i knew that's what it needed to be able to make that statement Mm -hmm. and you can do it with anything you know whether it's the placement of the fork and the knife next to the plate if you want to say this is going to be the most perfect dinner the perfect restaurant you have to look at it from every perspective knowing that 99% of the people who sit down there and eat there are not going to understand, realize, or see that level of perfection, Mm -hmm. but they will feel it. It will be, you know, they will know that you put that much effort into it. Um, I'm reminded of a short story I read when I was a kid. I must have been, I don't know, six or seven. And it was called The $5 Job or something like that. And it was about a kid who his neighbor, uh, he wanted to earn, like, I don't know, money to go to the movies. And the neighbor said, cut my lawn and the kid grabs a lawnmower cuts the lawn and the neighbor's like this isn't a five dollar job and the kid's like what do you mean he's like well um how do you know you did the best job possible and the kid's like well i got the lawnmower i gassed it up i mowed the lawn and he goes no 
what's the best height for the lawnmower? Um, what, what else can you tell me about the lawn mowing process? What could, what would make it perfect? Is it too dry? Is it too wet? And the whole short story is about the kid coming to this realization that there's a lot more to it. And if he puts enough focused effort into it, he will have the $5 job. And in the end, he ends up getting like a concrete roller and he rolled because he could feel the perturbations <laughs> of the soil under the grass. And he goes, no one's going to walk on the grass there, but he would know. Mm -hmm. And it's because he would know would mean it was not a perfect job. Yeah. And uh, it always stuck with me that if, you know, you have to take it every angle to the nth degree to get it just right. But Paul, to your point, um, it's never going to be perfect. So at some point you have to have this realization, this is the best that you can do as a person. And that will be a reflection of the effort that you put in up to that point. Yeah. Well, hard work pays off, right? It does. And there are moments like, uh, you know, it also in something is imperfect. Sometimes it's more beautiful than it being perfect to yeah. begin with. A lot of times you see that in the uh, art world and in the craftsmanship world where uh, a table with a big crack in it is more beautiful than one that's perfect without a mm -hmm. crack in it because the crack can give it uh, life. It can show you that balance between that which has been touched and manufactured and handled by mankind and then someone making the decision to leave it for aesthetic purposes and it's that that's what makes it even more beautiful is that people are making decisions all along the way to let it uh, be elevated to its uh, you know to a, a better existence a better uh, sort of aesthetic uh, you're, view you're gonna love our uh, our table in there when it's done because there's a lot of <laughs> It's just one of those, like, it's good, but it, yeah. it's, I, and I told him, I said, I don't want this, because you're going now, right now, mm -hmm. or if you go in there now, it's like one of those factory shop yeah. tables, and I don't, it's not the same. I want someone to sit down at it, and you can feel the wood, mm -hmm. and then you're like, wow, this table's really cool. Nobody's going to sit, they're going to sit at that table, it's just going to be like sitting at this table, yeah. but if you sit down, and like, you can see the wood, you can see the grains, you can see um, just the imperfections, yeah. that's what I, I love, so, yeah. all right, ready to wrap up? Hey, yeah, we got training to do. Yeah, yeah. I got to be ready for use Brightwell's that, birthday workout. I use that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I think that's it. All right, we get in there. Good, Good. Good. excellent. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Episode sixty-one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling: G A E L A N. T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.